Now you're in your head too much. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back. Uh, tonight, before we get started, we have a few announcements. An update for the conference. We've had a lineup change. Unfortunately, Dan Cooper can no longer make it due to a scheduling conflict. So fortunately for us, James Rink has uh, stepped up and he is taking his spot and he is going to be doing his SSP 101 presentation. If you guys saw his SSP 101 video on his YouTube channel, it was four hours long. It was fantastic. Um, he's going to be doing a condensed version of that, trying to squeeze it into two hours, and he'll be bringing it to us live. We're really excited about that. Uh, what else? Lodging is sold out on site, unfortunately, but there are plenty of conference tickets available. There's hotels, Airbnbs, and camping all available still nearby if you, if you want to make it to the conference. Uh, we've created a Telegram group for those looking to uh, share rooms. If you guys are looking for a roommate or, or even sharing travel accommodations, there are people who are staying on site who have an extra room and they want to split the cost. Join the Telegram group. That link is below. You guys can coordinate there and hopefully save yourself some money and you'll be able to stay on site, which will be great. Hopewell Farm CBD, they will be a vendor at the conference, and they just let me know today that they're going to be running a 420 sale during the conference, meaning all their merchandise is going to be 20% off, so stay tuned for that. That sale is actually going to start a few days before the conference starts if you want to order something online. Uh, Mark, I know you're a Hopewell Farm customer, and you, and you love their products. How's that working out for you? Oh, good. I, I got off of... Uh, 14 years on Xanax with uh, Hopewell Farms and um, and THC nice. Delta 8, which they don't carry that, but they uh, between the two of them, they calm your heart down. So I was able to go to sleep at night. Right. Yeah, that's huge. Nice. Yeah, I, I love their CBD. I've been using it for quite since since we've been affiliated with them. So is Aaron. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's some of the best stuff out there. And I'm, I'm not just saying that. And if you do want to get it now, you don't want to wait for the conference. You can get 10% off all their products with uh, promo code journey to truth 10. And uh, that is that link is below. Also, Omnia Radiation Balancer, we're going to try and have some Omnia merchandise at the conference. Also, if you guys want to test out the patches and the pendants, um, I'm in talks with Tim right now. Hopefully we can get some stuff shipped out on time and we'll actually have cool. some of that available also. So uh, we're excited about that. Live stream tickets are available if you can't make it. All that information is available on the website, secretspaceconference.info. Okay. Whew. Now that I got that out of the way. <laughs> um, tonight, we are joined by the lovely Suzanne Spooner and Mark Demisio. We've had both of them on the show before. They're returning guests. Mark was episode 129. Suzanne was episode 143. If you guys are interested in checking those out, both fantastic episodes. Mark's episode was the first time he's ever came public sharing his testimony is a very powerful episode. Um, but tonight we're going to uh, we're joined by both of them. And Suzanne has been helping Mark recover his memories through QHHT. So it's a really interesting dynamic here. And then we're going to get into what it's been like for them to work together and see what stuff has come up and where it's taken them. And, and there's a lot of stuff. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff today. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. It's great Thank to be you. here. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, let us know. So, obviously, this has been a journey for both of you guys. Over how long have you guys been working together now? Oh gosh, how long has it been, Mark? My God, it's, um, it's so about weird. six six years, I think. Maybe gone a little bit more. Yeah, I think it's six years in December. 
that'll be. Wow. Wow. And um, I'm sure you guys already know listening, Mark and Suzanne are both speaking at the conference and they're going to be doing a presentation together, actually. And uh, we're going to get a sneak peek of what they're going to be talking about, but they're not going to give up, give away too much. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, you guys have been working together for six years. That's a long time. What has that journey looked like? Whoever wants to take the answer to take the wheel on this one. Go ahead, Suze, you can go first. Okay. Well, you know, when Mark first reached out to me, uh, it was, you know, everybody that wants a session has a story of what got them to the point of wanting to dive into their deep consciousness to find answers or healing for themselves. And Mark, um, he just really struck me as somebody just so incredibly genuine, very confused about what had happened in his life, um, wanted answers. And that's, you know, that's what I do. That's, I help people find their answers and we all can do it. Um, It's not hard to do, but his story, you know, the very first session we did, it was, it was a mind blower for me. I had to, you know, I never know where they're going to go and I don't know, you know, what they're going to experience. So I'm kind of riding by the seat of my pants through every session, but with Mark, um, it really opened my mind up to these things that are happening around the planet. And I'd had clients that had felt like they had had similar situations, but Mark's was so tangible. And um, it was just such a, an honor to help him uncover these things that were important for him. And I thought after the first one, he'd had enough of me and, and the whole situation it's a lot to uncover and unpack. But, um, you know, he did something that I think is, really significant. He worked with the information that he gave himself to understand more deeply. And as time went on, he was ready to unpack some more and explore his amazing memories. I think what's important about that is, you know, everybody right now is, it seems like tons of people are having stuff surface and they're looking for answers and they're trying to find help. And it's, I think it's really it's really um, special what you guys have had. Cause it's not, you know, we're always looking all over the place, having a session with this person, this person, this person, but to work with one person all the time and really unpack this stuff. Uh, it's very, it's very unique. Uh, and I think your story is going to help a lot of people. And so how has this looked for you, Mark, as far as, you know, just working with one individual um, trying to uncover all this stuff? Well, I don't think I could have worked with anybody else. It was, after the first session, it would have been too strange to go to somebody new. And it's really personal information that comes out. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah I, I didn't think I was going to go back for a second session, you know. But the first session, you have to remember, um, I actually had that information for years. It wasn't like I, I just got it a year before or a week before. I had been trying to, you know, not think about it you know, through drugs and alcohol for decades. So I, uh, I get just a little piece on the first one. It just, in fact, I think my high self basically just said, yes, it did happen. And, um, the reason I went for the first one, I haven't really discussed it a lot. It has to do with a, a reptilian I saw. Um, that was the, the real push for the first one. Cause I was having nightmares I, I couldn't see that who it was or what it was. And, and that's what it turned out to be the reptilian. Um, so 
once I got you know verification that I wasn't crazy and it happened for my high self, it was like, okay, that's that was good enough for me. I was like, and and you're supposed to listen to well, my high self said, listen to this recording like once a week, you know, and and get the healing part because um, there's a healing part to the QHHT, you know, where you get physical and uh, spiritual from your high self. So I listened to that first recording one time and uh, it, it just, it was too emotional for me. So I just, I, was, I never listened to it again. And then, um, you know, two years later, it stuff started getting so bad and I was so suicidal that um, I went back for the second session. And um, you get, it was so much personal stuff came out, you know, that I shared with Suze. It's like, you know, stuff my wife, nobody else knew about in the world. Oh, wow. You know, it's, you, you know, cause it's uh, stuff comes out about, you, you know, being in solitary and, and being raped and all that, you know, she heard all that stuff way before my wife did, you know? Um, so I never talked about it. And uh, I, I went into a little detail, you know, but the two big things that always bothered me was that reptilian and the uh, guy that died in the cell with me. I, I felt guilty about him. So the first and second were actually for that reason. Cause I, I, those things were bothering me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, understandably. And you're right. There's a lot of personal stuff that comes out of this, these sessions and, and you don't expect it most of the time. And yeah. when you get it, it's when you get this information, it's like you almost want to guard it with your life. You're, you don't want anybody to know about it. It's kind of scary. You don't even know if you believe it. You're still processing it. And I can totally understand why you would keep going back to one person. And and do you have many returning customers, Suzanne? Or is this is Mark uh, one of the few? Um, OK, can you hear me? Yes. Um, no, there's most people will just come once for a session that's normal uh there are several that i've worked with many times a few times um for different reasons and i say you know if you want to come back and play in my sandbox again we can do this you know and it's amazing because they're usually they're given in that first session what they can handle you know the part of them that knows everything we call you know subconscious high self whatever that name is gives them exactly what they need at that moment to help them to understand what's happened in their life. And as they peel those layers of the onion, you know, through time, sometimes they feel like, okay, I, I think I'm ready for more. And, you know, then we can absolutely do that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty interesting how those sessions that um, are multiple unpack or in deeper each time. Exactly. And that's one of the key things you get deeper and deeper each time. And that's actually how you've come to the realization, Mark, that um, there's screen memories, you know, because sometimes in the early sessions, you're only getting to a screen memory. But through more sessions, you're you're getting deeper and you're realizing that it was just that a screen memory. Not, that's not actually what happened. What actually happened was buried beneath that. Uh, but if you go for one session or you just, you know, explore it a little bit and stop, you, you may you may get to a false truth, you know, and you're not going to get the real healing that you need by doing that. 
And that's why this stuff isn't, it's nothing to mess around with. And it's, you know, it's, and because there's real, yeah. yeah, well, go ahead. What are your thoughts on like getting through those screen memories? It's, it's interesting you say that because the only screen memory I know I'm positive of is, um, and the reason I, I never figured it out is because I didn't listen to that first recording. But in the first recording, uh, I was in training and I'm on a bus and I look, you know, look out the window and, and we're spaced out about five seats apart sitting on this bus. And um, in my memory, I have a like a jacket on and I look over and there's there's like mountains. It looks a lot like areas of New Mexico I've seen. That's what I saw in my mind. But I never listened to the recording because what my high self is, is explaining, is describing, is not what I'm seeing in my mind at all. He was describing, my high self said, it's a drab city and there was sand around there. So it, it wasn't even the same description. There was no mountains. Uh, I think they gave me that screen memory so I would always be confused as to location, as to where it happened. Mm. Um, and interesting thing about the screen memory is I didn't figure that out till last year because I, I just started listening to that recording again. Uh, but I had a session with uh, Peter Maxwell Slattery and screen memories. If uh, you have a psychic or somebody's reading your mind, they'll pick up that screen memory as a real memory. He picked that up. He, he thought I was in uh, Sandia, New Mexico from that screen memory, because that's what the screen memory was. But so it's just an interesting thing. It's part of it. It acts like a real memory in your head. Right. And then I guess that's the interesting part about this is like figuring that out. Like, so you really have to be in tune with yourself to to feel into that information and whether it's truthful or not to even determine that it's a screen memory and uh suzanne like how was this process working with him because was this surprising you as well whenever he would like so information would come through and then you would think this happened to mark and then the next time you'd be like no this didn't happen this actually happened was that surprising to you as well yeah it definitely was um you know it's just like you just think you, you understand the storyline and then it's a whole different um, plot twist, story. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's on first, he's on third. Um, you know, and Mark is just—he's he is so open to his story that you know it was helpful for me when Mark would say, you know, I thought it was this, but I I think it's actually that, you know, which gave me okay, so we've got two parallels going on here, and, and we can focus on either one, see what we can get from each of them, you know, because I always say you know, with anybody, um, the answer may be what you think it is, and it may not be at all, and it might be in between. And that's what we're going to find today. So, you know, leave yourself wide open to all these different possibilities. And um, so Mark is, his story is so multi-layered and not ever changing, but ever deeper um, from where we began. And, but I think we, we needed to begin where we did in order to grasp the enormity of his experience. Right. You know, you have to wonder on some, on, on some level, 
those screen memories might actually be helpful for you. Maybe like your higher self even set that up somehow, because if you were to get straight to the bottom of the traumatic stuff right off the bat, that yes. might, it might not help be beneficial to anybody. So it, that screen memory, yeah, as much as it sucks that it's there and it could confuse you and fool you, it's also kind of like, it's like softening the blow a little bit. So you're yeah. just, you know, you're easing into the reality of what possibly happened. So it's really interesting to think about that. Yeah, you're right there. Because if I would have found out right from the start, I was in a, uh, a dumb in Diego Garcia. I don't think I could have handled that. But, mm -hmm. you know, Sandia was much more acceptable. I kind of knew stuff about New Mexico. So it wasn't that shocking to me. Right. Yeah. Um, so the Sandia memory turned out to be just totally false. They're, they're, you, you Total were, false. Okay. You were never in that all, area. Yeah. All, all of my memories in sand training, because I, in the beginning I was trained on the surface and it was all sand and a, a little course they had us on that memory I always thought, well, that, that lines up with Sandia, you know, like it could be out in the desert there. So it did line up and, and I was, I accepted it for a long time until um, a little over a year ago, I had a session with Rebecca Rose because I wanted to find out the location of where, where all this happened. And uh, I was already hearing about Mars that I had been there. So I had a session with her and, we went, she opened up my uh, Kashuk records and that's where we went right away. It went Diego Garcia. Mm -hmm. And that's wow. totally made sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many testimonies uh, have bits and pieces or time spent at Diego Garcia. Um, so it seems to be a, a hot spot, I guess, or a jump point for people coming on and off planet for the programs. Diego Garcia, for those who don't know, it's an island in the Indian Ocean, correct, Mark? Uh, and it, yes. is, it, it is an active <clears throat> military base that you can find on the map. You know, that's no surprise. But that's public. That's yeah. public, yeah. Um, but there is an underground aspect to it, a dumb, and it, and it goes for layers, levels. You know, how many layers did you say mm -hmm. you think it was, Mark? Um, I don't know, but it would go down to the dumb. Then you had... Um, Underneath that, you had that tunnel city. Then below that, you had the, uh, the prisons in the experimentation lab. So, right, yeah, it gets pretty deep. Um, sorry, I want to apologize, guys, if you guys are hearing a glitch on my microphone. I don't know what I can do about that, but uh, just bear with us, please. Um, so an interesting concept, Mark, you brought up, um, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, Suzanne is. The idea of contracts and, and agreements um, and breaking those contracts. And sometimes it doesn't seem like we're, we're successful, like you want to do it, but you can't. And my theory is that maybe you just haven't found the right recipe. Like, I feel like because what I've noticed and having so many sessions with so many different people, you try and address an issue with certain people it doesn't come through. And then you get to that one person that seems to have the key for exactly what you need to break that contract or heal or break you do whatever it is and that whatever it is in particular that you're trying to work on seems like there's always one person out there for that so what are your experiences like suzanne whenever you're doing sessions with people how many times does the idea of a contract come up 
Well, that is, um, it's everybody brings their own questions to their sessions and it does come up. It's usually along the lines of lessons that they have to learn and the contracts are there to supply those lessons. And so sometimes between me and their high self or subconscious, we get into this really great conversation about, you know, have the lessons been learned? You know, do they have all the information that they need? Is it serving them anymore? And oftentimes after that explanation, that part of them that knows everything will say, no, we don't need to have it anymore. We're, we're good. And, and it will just, you know, clear away. There's no like um, big show about how you, you know, and that contract It's just, it's a decision. And then, you know, for the client, they always have free will. So either they're going to believe that and make that the reality or they'll doubt it and they can bring it back together again. So, you know, it's many layers. Mm-hmm. And, and what are your feelings about that, Mark? And then the contracts, I know uh, you mentioned, you know, you've had some difficulty trying to break some of those contracts or end them, I should say. What what does that look like for you? <laughs> well, it's not that type of soul contract. What I found out was in the beginning, um, when I was in Diego, I had seen this um, reptilian and, and I had only always known that I, I got uh, tortured for a couple of days and got questioned about that. But lately I've uh, remembered through meditation with my high self that I also got tortured by that reptilian. So um, what he did was strangle me, put both his hands around my neck and until I passed out. And then um, when I would wake up, you know, he would keep doing that. And then he started hitting me with like, uh, he didn't torture me physically. He just sent like experiences through his mind, whole experiences and hit me with that whole experience until I finally said, you know, I had enough. And when I had enough, I, I made an agreement with these reptilians. So I just found that out. Besides that, I have uh, two other authors that are um, in with negative, two different negative Nordic groups. So I have a contract with each one of them. Those authors though. So, um, you know how many hundreds of times through meditation I have done, you know, the clearing and break all contracts, agreements, all that. It's done. So I was, I was amazed to find out that it has done absolutely nothing. That those contracts were still in place. And it, for whatever reason, it, it just has, it doesn't have any effect on those types of contracts. So what you have to do for those is um, you just have to go in and do some work. You didn't give consent for them. So you have to go in and, um, you know, cut the contracts yourself. Right. That's this is huge information, I think, because a lot of people are trying to do that um, because some and there's all different types of contracts. Some come from past lives, you know, soul agreements, different stuff that, you know, alter contracts is an entirely different. It's that's over here. You know, it's an entirely different uh, area. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really interesting because I think a lot of people are looking to do that. And and like you say, you can just do the meditations and you're not really getting you're not really taking care of anything. There's, there's more involved sometimes. And I wonder if sometimes 
that contract is is actually crucial is important to your path maybe it, maybe it might not seem like it but there might be a lesson in it for you or there's some growing or, or or healing that needs to take place and it wouldn't be able to happen unless you were in that contract i don't know if maybe they're all meant to be broken is what i'm trying to say well i think they are i, I they're all going to be broken okay um what it's going to do for me is you're right. It's, it's, it's going to help me to develop the skill to, uh, to break that and to figure that out. And then maybe I can pass that on to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, if you, if you figure that it's out. A, it's a definite up. thing. It's uh, it can be done. I mean, it's, it's just takes work. Seriously. Mm -hmm. You have to meditate. If you have guides, help your guides, but, I'm finding out that this stuff really is done. You really need to do this with your high self. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, this is an interesting thing, Suzanne, like, it, so your sessions, um, how often are you working with the client's high self? Is this every, well, every session? Every, every session. Okay. Yeah. And is that like the whole session? Or is this like you go into different lifetimes, and then the high self comes in at the end? Um, yeah, you, typically what happens is once we start the hypnosis portion of the session, they'll, that part of them that knows everything, the high self is going to go through the Rolodex of all their lifetimes and experiences and pick the one or two or more that's most important for them to see. So we'll go explore those because those have really important lessons to understand about themselves and how it ties into this current life. So usually one to two, they'll visit. Um, and that could be an abstract life of something like nothingness, um, energy. It can be in a physical body, male or female. It's whatever that part of them picks. And then from that time, when we're done looking at those, and we'll just make this nice, easy transition over to the high self. It's not hard. It's super, super easy. And that's where we get the information of why they showed them those lifetimes um, they start scanning the body and healing the issues. We find the root reasons behind all of the physical issues, which are always emotional, um, um, spiritual. It's, you know, it's everything. Um, the physical is just a uh, message that's coming through from the, the experiences that they've had in their life. And then the client had come into a session with a list of questions they want to have answers. So we start in on that list and um, oftentimes go off in different um, segues, depending on what that part of them wants to explain to us. Um, it can get to be very broad and um, um, very high level information. Sometimes it's really, uh, you know, more down to earth type information, but you never know what a person is going to tap into mm -hmm. until you give them the session. I like what you said, the, the physical, what manifests in the physical is like a message or, or a result from the emotional, the energetics of it, or even the alter. Uh, and a lot of times this is where a, a lot of physical ailments come from that the doctors just can't do anything about it except throw pills at you. Uh, because there's an energetic yeah. layer there, there's an energetic healing that has to occur. And whenever you don't, whenever you keep suppressing it, it finds a place in the body to reside. And yeah. then, and before you know it, you know, you have um, a tumor or you have, you you're know, healing, some heart problems. What, Aaron? You're not healing the root cause. So right. it's going to keep manifesting. Like you said, yeah. you could heal one exactly. manifestation and it's just going to change the manifestation over and over until you heal the, the actual mm -hmm. cause of it. And that's energetic. Right. That's very true. Yeah. 
Right. And the root cause is, you know, something we're all looking for. And some people don't, some people aren't, some people are just okay with masking it and, you know, living in la la land, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can only imagine the healing process, Mark and Suzanne, you know, this is a healing journey for all of us, but um, as we unpack this stuff and uncover it, you know, is emotionally taxing as it is there you find sometimes that there's physical relief in a lot of areas of your life so what has that looked like for both of you guys whoever wants to take it first mark go ahead okay um well physically let's just go from last year when i first did your you know my first interview with you as i've uh, worked through the trauma um i found that the actually you're always looking for that little key that fix all I'll, I'll tell you what it is forgiveness mm-hmm. that's been the, yeah. the way i've gotten through it all is i some people don't have to go into detail but i seem to relive the horrible trauma like when i starved to death i went through a couple of weeks of just reliving that you know in, in detail and then um you get done that you forgive the people that are involved and it just goes away and, and you finally get rid of that. So I just been taking that step at a time. So if you really want to look at it, that, that is the way to get through any of the trauma. You can't just ignore it. You have to look at it in detail. You know, you have to have respect for what happened to you. You you can't just ignore it. Mm. So you have to remember it, embrace it, you didn't do it to yourself. You just, um, and you forgive those that were involved. And as soon as you do, that's released and all that energy, all that power they had over you and um, all those memories just seem to go. Wow. That's a powerful message. That's so true. And another layer to that is forgiving yourself. And it doesn't, and this is for anything in life. Like sometimes we beat ourselves up over things uh, and we can't, you know, it helps no one, especially you to be hard on yourself, you know, beef, you have to, it's mm-hmm. on some point, you just have to realize, okay, maybe I screwed up or whatever and forgive yourself. I'm like, it's okay. You know, there's a lesson here to be learned. Maybe this happened for a reason. This wasn't a mistake. You know, I would have never learned this. Hadn't I just went through this, you know, and then you have to be like, it's okay, man, just talk to yourself. Like, you know, I literally do this. I forgive myself for things that not, you don't even think you're not defined by your mistakes and things in the past. You gotta you get to that place where you realize, yeah, like you said, that's you forgive the past, whether it's something you've done or, or others done to you. And then you, you get to the present where you're like, okay, I'm going to live from the present because I am not the past. I'm not what's happened to me or what I've done. I am really what we all are is this, we're not the body even. So it's like, you get to that place. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's like, you just let, you just naturally let go of all that. Cause it doesn't matter. You learn the lessons from it and it's actually blessings in disguise. Mm-hmm. And then you take the good and you leave, you leave the rest and you, you let go. You know, if I can add, you know, one of the most beautiful things of, of what I do is when somebody comes in for a session, they all are a little mystified of why things have gone a certain way in their life, you know, they're really good people, but, and they try really hard, but this has happened or somebody's done that to them and they just don't get mm-hmm. it. And it's there, you know, humans, we just all tend to do this kind of tunnel vision of victimization. 
and, and society supports it. So, you know, it's right there. And, and, and if I could add, you know, we're taught to support that we're taught not to go into this part of ourselves that knows everything. We're taught to turn that off actually um, very Mm -hmm. purposefully so that we are in a confused state that we rely on authority. Right. So Mm -hmm. in, in, my work, you know, when people come in and we, we sit and talk for a while, a couple of hours usually, and it's a lot of, I don't get it. And why did that have to happen? And, you know, why my parents are like this and why is my job like that? And my spouse and nothing's right. And, mm-hmm. um, during the session though, it all comes through from this very wide perspective, not tunnel vision. We're just so wide in the perspective that it makes sense. And in many times, you know, they'll find out they asked to have these experiences because of what their soul wanted to learn. You know, it's not so personal really. Um, and that, you know, the, the, the worst person in your life agreed to do that for you so that you could have that understanding that knowing, and they're just an actor playing a role and, um, they're doing a really good job, you know? So, yeah, you know, it, it depends on how long you want to stay locked into the victimization of it. But the beautiful part I see is as they come out of the hypnosis, and you know, they've been they're somewhat aware throughout, so they're they're picking up on some of this. Um, it's like this, this, this look of awe, and oh my gosh, I get it, and oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way before. And you know, I think you know, Mark is such a great example of this because you know. He knew a lot going in, but it's just unfolded and unfolded so much more deeply for him on his journey. And that's, you know, we all carry that knowledge inside. You know, it's just, it's a joy to assist people to find theirs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, absolutely beautifully said. And this is a a great metaphor I heard one time was that, um, at you know, you go, you see a play, you go watch a play. Uh, at the end of the play, all the actors come out on stage and then you applaud for them, including the villain. And sometimes the villain gets the loudest applause <laughs> because yeah. without the villain, you know, the hero's journey can never happen. And uh, mm-hmm. and so the, the, that without that antagonist in our life, what's driving us? What's driving us? You know, so sometimes you have to be grateful for that person is as shitty as they've made things for you. You know, it was all orchestrated, I guess you could say. Well, and if I could just add to that metaphor, mm-hmm. at the end, all the cast members put their arms around each other and bow. You know, they all, you know, they're all loving being in that one. together. Right. Yeah. And so often in sessions, they'll say that, you know, as they get back up to, the, you know, the other side or in between the lifetimes, you know, wow, you know, they did a really good job being, you know, the biggest jerk, you know, and I just love them. They're just, they're, they, they were so that was so kind of them to take on that really difficult role to let my soul learn that lesson because I hadn't learned that before. You know, it's just, you know, my, my job has taught me to really judge nothing, you know, because we really don't know the whole story behind anything, but, you know, but the fun part is getting behind the realities to see, you know, what's going on and, and all the possibilities and probabilities. Yeah. And that's great advice. Not judging anything or anyone because you never know what that person is going through at home. And, you know, we're not taught how to handle these emotions. So a lot of times people, you know, 
they project that on the other people without even realizing it sometimes. And when we get triggered mm-hmm. by that, and there's a constant cycle that's happening every day, everywhere you go. So if you can be grounded enough and heart-centered enough to walk around and not be affected by that and understand what this person might be going through and understand it, it especially now, like these times suck for a lot of people and everyone's, you know, everyone's going through some sort, some sort of turmoil or something. So we just have to be really understanding. And just because we evolved to a certain point, we have to, we can't forget about the people who haven't got there yet. And everybody's at their own stage of development, their own stage of awakening. And we can't forget that. And I think that's a key that's a key aspect to yeah. remember. Yeah. Understanding is you said the key word right there. It's all about understanding because when you understand the root cause of why people act the way they do, where it's coming from, you have compassion now for them because you understand Yeah, you're able to see it for what it is rather than just reacting negatively to the surface level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like as, as we raise our consciousness, the understanding increases and the wisdom increases and then you're able to uh to deal with things from a much more wise and mature place because you understand and you you embody that uh all that knowledge and wisdom and that's how that's how we'll heal and that's how we'll we'll start to unify by Mm -hmm. by understanding rather than just this kind of unconscious reacting which we see in society like they're the bad guy, attack them. They're, we're the good guy. You know, this like whole us versus them. And that's why the way the structures of society work is to keep us in that low state, unconscious, just reacting to everything. And then they can manipulate us, you know, so easily because we don't even, we're just reacting. We're in this unconscious react mode all the time. And we don't understand why things are really happening and mm-hmm. why people are the way they are and why, ever, you know, it's like you got to raise your consciousness to get to that level. A hundred percent unconscious reacting. Yeah. And that's what, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, you don't want to, cause somebody could come at you, you know, this is road rage is a great example of this. Like mm-hmm. I think road rage is a daily test. It's, How are you going to respond okay. to a person cutting you off or doing something? Are you going to constantly just get pissed off about it and scream out your window and flip them off or whatever it is? Or are you going to just step, you know, cause in five minutes, it's not going to matter. In five years, it's yeah. completely irrelevant, you know? So and, you're and, consciously choosing your actions rather than just unconscious right. reacting. Right. Yeah. You can let, you I'm going to bless them instead. Right. Yeah. Or you're <laughs> maybe bringing that experience to you, you know, <laughs> you, exactly. you don't realize that you're creating it. Yeah. You're 100- creating it. For 100%. Absolutely. Like sometimes I wonder like, okay, you're having a bad day. And then like everything, like all, like, like this car pulls out in front of you, another car cuts you off, whatever happens. And you have to think, okay, am I creating this because of the energy I'm choosing to be in today? And, you know, and how you respond to that person, it's up to you. And it can change. It literally can change the course of your day and your life. If you can just learn how to navigate that and not allow that to trigger you and, and respond mm-hmm. maturely and not emotionally. Uh, anyway. Uh, exactly. So Good life lesson there. So. Yeah. 20 and bad. I like the direction this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, I was going to change the subject. Now you got me worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Now I do want to change the subject because Mark mentioned something uh, before we got on camera that was really intriguing to me as far as, and we actually happened to touch this, t- touch on this with our 
with Penny Bradley on our last episode about, so it's not just a 20 and back. There's other programs where it's, it goes longer and, you know, having all these different altars, um, and, and nothing, a lot of this stuff just doesn't make sense. It gets confusing because we hear about this 20 and back, but then like Mark has an altar apparently that's been in for 40 years. And it's, so there's a potentially two different programs going on. And what Mark seems to think is the 20 and back is like less than 50% of what's going on. And I would like to get your thoughts on, or your opinion on what else you think is happening. I think it's the majority of it is altars. It's um, different programs with different altars. Many of the people that I've met have several altars. And um, I know some people where our altars are currently working together in a group right now. So, and that's where the majority of the stuff is going on. Not, not the meetings with ETs and all the other stuff, but the actual battles and uh, nasty stuff that's going on. Is seems to be with people's altars, and there's no limitation from what I can see. So, this is what I figured out as far as my whole chain of like it's it's more of a flow chart than a timeline. But when um, they made Hans, uh, I always knew, and it was on the recording that um, Hans was in. You know, I was in Diego Garcia, and they transferred my mind to another body on mars and that's where i went through that electric shock well that other body that was on mars is one of my altars so when they got done with hans making hans that that altar has been used for about 41 years right so okay the yeah and he he looks like me so this is the difference i would say is he he looks like me. He's, he's a bigger buffed up version. Um, from him though, they've taken, they take it from him and they've made another altar and they, and, uh, they put it in different bodies. Um, I have one altar that is a reptilian. So they, they can put, they can keep taking your light and putting it in different bodies. That's why I'm calling it an altar. It's not an right. actual clone. And um, what I do know is every time they do that, your light gets less and less. So they have a smaller version of it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting. And note, this is important. The reason I wanted to bring this up and uh, it, well, is because if you're having memories, uh, a lot of people immediately think, okay, this is a 20 and back. This is the only option. This is all that it could be. I served in some sort of a 20 and back. Right. But there's other programs out there. Like Penny Bradley said, like the Germans don't use the 20 and back tech. They use a different, they, they kind of like throw you in a, a they like regenerate you every week. That's and, it. They, and they just keep, and, and then they keep doing this for how, until you basically quit taking orders. And then until you're no, as a, of no use to them. And then that's whenever you're, it's still like the 20 and back, then you're brought back to your point of origin, but it can last a lot longer than 20 years. Um, it, there's just different versions of it. And I just think, I just wanted to reiterate that because it might help people understand who are going through something right now um, that they're, you know, if it just doesn't fit because 20 and back is a, it's a narrative that some people are trying to fit their story into. And we have to realize that there's so many other possibilities out there. 
And there's so many programs, experimental programs. It doesn't even mean you were in a space program. You know, there's this is who knows what this is being used for. Uh, so I just felt like that was important to touch on. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any limitation, just like you said. Mm-hmm. The, the one altar I know, in fact, there's two of them. They would get it back in their regen, pot, like a pod. Mm-hmm. After a mission, they get back in the regen pod. And the one, he's always about 30, you know, early 30s. And um, it just puts him back to that age, heals him, and then he stays there until he does another mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Suzanne. So how many altars do you have? <laughs> uh, I think my husband would say a few, a grumpy one, a nice one. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I never felt like that's part of my journey, but, um, it, you know, my, my wonderments have been about, um, parallel experiences and, um, simultaneous, you know, somewhat similar, somewhat different, um, simultaneous lives, timelines that sometimes collide, things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much to grasp on this topic. I'm getting chills right now. I feel like you're onto something there. Like this is also, there's another whole layer to this, uh, to parallel lifetime that isn't an altar, but it's another version of you. Uh, you know, there's mm-hmm. an astral, we're living, you know, we're doing things in the astral every night that we have bleed through sometimes. Right. And we remember there's a lot going yeah. on here. What's happening yes. in the dimensions right next to us, the dimensions surrounding us. You know, is there an alternate version of us in another dimension? And do we have memories of that? Like, uh, I I think as we get into this um, or get closer towards disclosure and and go through this awakening, um, it's going to start more layers like this are going to start becoming are going to we're going to start unpacking more and more and start realizing this is so much grander than we ever once thought possible. Well, you know, if if I could just add, you know, if we can throw into that batch um a simulation right <laughs> we're not really here and <laughs> it's all yeah. a simulation but you know here's another possibility maybe they're all true they're all happening all at once and everybody's reality is true it's just different mine different from yours perhaps um you know that's i feel pretty comfortable with that concept mm-hmm. i think that makes if, if a soul is meant to experience everything, everything, then we have to go through a lot of different lifetimes and, and places and um, connections in order to do that. And, and, and can you imagine looking at Mark's whole soul history <laughs> yeah. and seeing the story unfold? And, you know, I think all of us, you know, to a degree have something like that. You know, it's just, it's, it's more than probably our brains can comprehend for sure. But that's what I love. You know, sometimes when I'm in a session, I'll ask some very out there question to the high self. And once, uh, once it's, oh, you know, you won't understand it. And I said, I know, but I would like to try. So just give it to me, yeah. you know, and, you know, <laughs> and I'll, I'll keep listening to this over and over and try. And, and, and I remember her going, <sighs> okay. You know, and just so she started giving me this information and I felt like a cartoon character with my eyes, like going in, in opposite circles, you know, like, I'm like, okay, stop. I can't take anymore. 
But, right. you know, I think that's where we're at, though, which is a beautiful place in humanity where we're, our minds are open to questioning our reality and what's, you know, you know, our, our media is so awesome at lying. So we're all kind of going, what? Yeah, I don't, really? I don't know. You know, but, you know, but, but think back, you know, when I was young and when, you know, my mom and dad were young, you know, you, you didn't question any of it. I mean, it just made no sense to question it. You know, and now we know in these days, shady stuff was going on way before that, right? Mm -hmm. So it is, it's, it's, you know, we're in a a time of grace where we get to see this unfoldment happen. And, you know, it's, it is the golden ticket. It's, it's messy and it's uncomfortable and, um, you know, nobody's going to align real easily, but it's okay. We're, we're all discovering who we really are. Right. And how many times have we all asked ourselves, like, why did I sign up for this? Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm just like, yeah, I'll be talking to my guides and I'm like, I don't care if I stop evolving. I'm never going to another planet with amnesia again. Like, not happening. Screw it. I've been driving in my car going, what in the heck was I thinking? You know, why, why this place is nuts? You know, and I always just get right back in you chose it, you chose it, you asked to be here. And I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I'll right. do the work. <laughs> right. I'm going to have to have a talk with those people who talk higher, from a higher perspective. <laughs> right. We see the value of thing of thing of hard time from this perspective. Because we, from the, from the small 3D self, we tend to view anything that causes pain is bad, is it's bad. And I want to avoid it. We're always trying to avoid pain or suffering and anything we perceive as as negative. Um, but from a higher perspective, those things are very valuable and that's how we grow. And that's how we, we experience and learn all these and grow. It's all about growth and expansion ultimately. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's actually the opposite. It's a very positive experience from a higher perspective. We just view things oh. as, as negative from here, from our limited 3d self. And, and, you know, earth is a very special place in that we get the highest of highs and the lowest of lows and all the yeah. emotions that fall in between that. And in most places, they don't have that range. And yeah. so that's one of the gifts, which we, we think, oh God, you know, it's so awful to have a hard, sad emotion or horror or whatever, yeah. you know, we I wish we wouldn't have to experience that, but man, we learn as a soul a lot through that experience and you know, Very we valuable. take away a lot from a lifetime of 3D right. life. Yeah, exactly. And not all, exactly. and not everything is, is to help us grow. Like paying taxes, that's not, there's no good part <laughs> about that. Like, that's to help you realize that you're not supposed to be doing things like right, that. You know, exactly. that that's a trick. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, as long I as you don't at, stay stuck at, yeah. Cause you can stay stuck and keep repeating the same lessons until you're able to move past them. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Don't say yeah, stuff. Yeah, taxes and all, yeah. all this. Yeah, like I get the tax, but I'm like, I'm like, get that shit out of here. Like it's so that's like that is the biggest illusion to me possible. Like, <laughs> like it's not yeah. like I just can't. I just can't, you know. I think governments uh, constantly taking away your freedoms and thinking yeah. it's for your safety and you your just, benefit. And you keep you're just stuck in that cycle. Yeah. 
until you wake up out of it and then you see it for what it is and then you're able to right i mean that's the way that's the only thing it's good for is to wake up out of it and see it for what it is and say i don't want that and make a different choice rather than you're stuck in it exactly and and that's the challenge that's the test because we can we can Mm -hmm. tell ourselves that and realize that all day long until you walk out the front door and you get your head stomped on by every aspect <laughs> of society, you know, and so like you just mandates and lockdowns and this and that. You can't do this, you can't do that, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So then that's where the test is. Like, how are you gonna how are you gonna stand strong through this? And how are you gonna how are you gonna handle yourself? And I still have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm trying, you know. You know, I think one of the great gifts of these last few years is that we've all learned to feel our way through what's going on, you know, more in a heart-centered way than a head-centered way, because that's always going to be fear. And Mm. it's being thrown at us as fast as we can take it in. Um, But I think, you know, a lot in our communities, you know, have learned to step back and not fall into fear really fast. And, and, look at things in a, in a broader perspective, which maybe we weren't doing before, you know, 2020, um, so well, we, we thought we were, but we didn't, we didn't have the test yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, wow, we have all, you know, evolved so quickly through this. And, And it's been the other cool thing too, is you get to see where people are at. I mean, it's not hidden anymore. You get to see, you know, where your neighbors are in their heads with what they believe you get to see where our leaders are at. So clearly, you know, and and you get to see the people that want to put their head in the sand, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, you're not, you're not ready yet. That's okay. It's a great point. It it is right now. You can see where everyone's at for the first time ever. Uh, The mask is a big indicator. You know, they finally have, you know, all of a sudden (laughs) with this, with this war, all of a sudden, all everything's over with, with COVID, you know, with this war in quote unquote war, uh, the signs are like all the stores around here. There's no more mask signs. They've taken them down. The employees finally don't have to wear them. And yet 90% of the people or more are still wearing masks willingly, you know, and you can, you can, it's a perfect gauge to see where certain people are. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was, I have to share this story. It was one of the most beautiful things. I was in the grocery store checking out and there was one lady in front of me. And uh, the cashier was wearing her mask and the came, uh, the, uh, the manager came up to her and said something into her ear. She ripped off her mask and threw it in the trash can. And she had to like, I could literally see this dark energy just float away from her. And she just was in this amazing energy all of a sudden. And I said, what was that about? And she says, we just got approval to take our mask off. And she goes, I can finally breathe again. I can, and you could hear the relief in her voice. I got chills. It's really hard to put into words, but being there and watching her shift energetically. And she was all of a sudden, you, you can just see her energy, her attitude change. And it was a beautiful thing. It was so, I'm so glad I got to witness it, but it was also sad because like, God, people just don't realize how much they're being suppressed and muzzled and all that stuff. And what that mask is that how that mask is actually hurting them. Uh, but I was, and it just like, she was so chipper after that. She's like, Oh my gosh. She goes, I could not stand wearing that thing. I'm feel. I was like, have a good day. She's like, I will now, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah. So she it was you how so many people, their actions are based on, 
what authority tells them and what they have to do. They think they have no choice. And like, so what they really want is to not wear the mask, but they're wearing it because they think they have to, or there'll be negative consequences. So it's all fear-based control. And mm -hmm. that just tells you everything right there. So it's like, if we all stopped living out of fear and doing things because we think we have no choice because of some authority is going to punish us if we don't, nah, it's, you know, it's, 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 and if it was about health, it should be, we should all have the, the full proof of the science of, okay, this is proven that it's actually helping protect us or instead we have the health. exact opposite instead we ever since the beginning all we've had is the exact opposite of that and then the authority's trying to cover it up until mm -hmm. and steamroll us into doing it instead right. and then, oh yeah okay. but you know one of the other great gifts is you know through these last couple of years a lot of us have gone down different rabbit holes and you know found um topics and really study them research them that we hadn't had time to do before or, yeah. um, didn't, yeah. you know, things, you know, the hamster wheel was running smooth enough that we weren't really questioning anything, you know? So, I mean, you know, how many people have, you know, for the first time thought about secret, secret space programs, you know, that hadn't before all of this yeah. happened. Or another great point is have the, have the time to heal and actually focus on things that you weren't like, you were too consumed like you, let's say you were consumed by your job by going to work, but now you don't have to go. You can work from home. You have time. Like Mark, I'm sure this period has been a blessing in disguise for you on some level because of you, you know you've been able to work on this healing process and actually integrate everything instead of being distracted. Uh, you know what has that looked like for you? It has. It's actually I, I was a hermit for two years before that, so. The only difference was, is everybody was locked up and me. We were all in the house. <laughs> right. So I didn't feel so weird, but uh, yeah, I, I hadn't gone out. Um, I think in 2017, 18, 19, I never went out. I was going through stuff. So I thought what's been really good about this is the research. I think a lot of people have done. Um, mm -hmm. lots of YouTube, they've come up with stuff. I think people also are, they've gotten away from distractions. So now they can use their own discernment. Um, and they've built up their own discernment skills, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. It's been really good. Right. And there's a lot, I mean, yeah. there's a lot surfacing right now. A lot of things we never thought we would be talking about just uh, for example, like talking about different types of 20 and back tech and different types of regeneration techs. And, you know, a, a few years ago, you had to convince us that there was even such thing as a 20 and back or a secret space program. And now we're having discussions on this certain details about how the tech is, is used and this and that. Like we've come such a long way. First, like it's amazing to me, like because there's a there's an entire 90 percent of the population that's still has no idea what we're talking about. Like this, this, this interview would never find them. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's amazing to me to see the shift and the change and the discussions we've been, we've been having, you know, at first it went from trying to get people to believe that this stuff actually exists now. Like, okay, like it's become very apparent. This is real. Now yeah. we can focus on these other details that were just, they had no place before because we weren't, we weren't really there consciously yet. We weren't, we've, I guess we've evolved in a sense. And I think it's pretty interesting. 
you know, too, maybe one of the great benefits is that as more things get revealed, um, those that have looked and researched and, and been curious about things that they had never been curious about before will have an easier time as some of this really bad stuff starts to be known. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel so sorry for those that can't do anything but accept a narrative right now because that, I mean, we're going to have to be there for all of them because it's going to be, their circuits are going to be fried, you know, right. hearing what's, what's to come. And so I think maybe that's part of it, the journey too, for those that decided to do rabbit holes and question things um, to, you know, get them prepared for, you know, what, what may be coming. So according to your sessions, what may be coming? Wow. Um, <laughs> a lot. The big, yeah. A lot. Um, you know, and again, you know, well, gosh, a lot. Um, I'm thinking back to a recent session that I gave to uh, a nurse, wonderful, wonderful human being. She's um, has been in the trenches all along and, you know, she told me after the session that, you know, one of her favorite phrases was follow the science, wear a mask, you know, right. And um, in her session, somehow her high self and I just got onto this conversation. I don't even remember what I asked, but we started talking about COVID and her high self says, yeah, it's all a ruse. Nice. And she said a little <laughs> bit more after that. And I'm like, can we go back, you know, because I knew this would be important for her, you know, I think she would want to have as much information as possible, even if it wasn't what she thought it was going to be. And I said, can you just explain more about what you said about it's a ruse? And she says, yeah, she goes, this was just all to create fear and to see who would be following, you know, who would, who would kowtow to the rules. Um, they were testing you guys all out and, um, she, she got into some more. Oh, she said, I asked, um, I asked, are there any leaders um, that are, um, that are good? And she's, she, she goes, well, I'm looking here. No, there's no good leaders. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, you hope there's a few of them out there. Um, that's because you know, it's going to be us. Yeah, that's right. Yes, that's right. Um, but but <laughs> the amazing part for me was after the session, you know, we always sit and talk for a while and um, might listen to a little portion here or there, go over what happened, what they remember, what they recall. And um, I, I said, there's some information on here that might be hard for you to take in. It's not what you're, what you have thought things are. And I just wanted to prepare her a little bit for that. And she, and she goes, okay, you know, what is it? And I said, well, I think it's better if you just listen to it to yourself on your own, you know, in your private time. And she's like, nope, I want, I want to know what it is. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I, I played that portion back. Cause I wanted to hear, I wanted her to hear it coming from her than from me. Mm -hmm. And as she heard that it, for me to witness her was astounding because you just see like, what, like, what, like, this is, not what I've thought any of this is. I mean, you saw a red pill before your eyes. And exactly. Coming out of you know, her own mouth. Yeah. Saw the light bulb. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, the light bulb, it, it just gives me yeah, chills, you know? And, and I mean, part of me was like, I am so sorry. Cause I, and I, I actually said to her, I said, did, did this just shift your paradigm? And she said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, it's okay. You know, just take, take it in small, <laughs> small bits. Um, yeah. you know, and it's like, wow, that, I mean, when she left, I was like, wow, geez, Louise, like, she's not the same person that walked in that walked out oh. and, and they never are. But, mm-hmm. and that's where she said, she goes, Oh my gosh. She says, I just always have said, follow the signs, wear a mask. You know, she's, she's yeah. a nurse in the hospital. And, um, you know, I just like, what an astounding the, way to wake up. Well, that's how yeah. the system, what you realize is the system takes advantage of our naivete of believing the authorities and the institutions and the governments have our best interests at heart because that's what we're taught our whole lives and we just we want to believe that's true because otherwise we're living in a very terrible system and that which is the truth but you know you want to believe they're telling the truth you want to believe they have our best interests they're giving you the real data and telling you the right things to do and None of that is true is what the, when you actually start doing your own research and going down these rabbit holes, you realize, oh, my God, they're lying to us about everything. And none of it is for our best interest. It's all for more control for them, less freedom for us, more pain and suffering for us, more oppression for us, more control. for, And it's just mm-hmm. more and more of that constantly about every and they create these problems, these false flags and what David I calls problem reaction solution, where they. They're constantly creating these massive problems and then coming in as the solution and saying, oh, we'll save you from it. And then it's just <laughs> further their more control and further their agendas. And they just do that over and over and over. And we keep falling into the trap until it's like, finally, we're at a point in history where we're finally starting to wake up. Enough right. of us are to see what's happening, see the manipulation, because it's becoming so obvious, like you were talking about, you were talking about before, like every all the truths surfacing and everything's becoming so out in the open more than ever right. before now exactly uh, that we can actually see things for what they finally truly are and make make our own choice rather than being manipulated so, right um yeah. mark i have a question so what's interesting to me is so suzanne you get you're you're talking to everyone's higher selves through the session and mark you mentioned earlier about having you know meditating and talking to your higher self like that's actually something important i want to touch on because I think that's the ultimate goal is to be able to have one-on-one conversations with your higher self without having to use, go through someone else. Right. How did you, right. how did you get to that point? And what does that look like for you when you are receiving information? The last session, um, I don't know if Suzanne remembers, but the last session, there was a point where she says, do you have any, uh, talking to my high self, do you have any more messages for Mark? And the one was, um, yeah, now he knows when I'm talk, when I'm giving him information, he knows what my energy feels like as opposed to his guides. So when I'm talking to him, you know, he'll know who I am. So since then, I, I, I know when it's my high self, I can tell that, you know, you get to the point where you can tell your different guides. It's no different from your high self. The difference is though, is the way you get the information. Mm-hmm. The, 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 when you get information from your high self, it's just right, comes right into you. You know, it's not, it's not relayed. It shows up as, as memories. It shows up right in your mind. So whenever you're meditating, let's say, because this is actually something I'm trying to work on. 
And I, I bet you it's going to look different for everybody. Like there's like, to me, it seems the method that's been working for me is actually like automatic writing. Um, and that's like, for me, I would have to like almost, if I wanted to talk to my higher self, I would almost have to physically write down the question and then just start writing the name, just let it, like, let it flow and just let the pen take over. And then some, you'd be amazed what comes out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be in the right energy to do that. But in your case, it just seems to be, so you sit down in meditation and you just like, yo, what's up, bro? Like, do you start talking to him or what? <laughs> um, I'll get into a sphere. Okay. I'll put a sphere around, of light around myself and I'll only um, invite my guides and my high self. <clears throat> so that's where I'll start my meditation. After I do a clearing then of, of any negative entities, uh, then you can go right into it. And it's, it's not, um, like waiting for your guides. It's immediate. And you're probably, you don't probably need to do the writing. It's the first thing that comes to you. Right. It, it, we usually bounce off. we we'll let it bounce off right away, but that's your high self. It's, it's as immediate as you thinking of the question, the answer's right there. Right. And, and you'll, you get to the point where you can, you detect it. It's like, you know, you'll feel it. It's, it's right. you. I mean, your high self is like, you know, your God self. It's you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the energy is very similar. So it's not like it's a, a different energy from a guide or something. It just runs right through you. And then I found the more communication you get, you know, the more you accept it, the, the better your, your dialogues get to where I can, you know, um, do something that, that Sue would do during the, Sue would do during the session, which is have your high self scan your body. You can, mm -hmm. you can do that in meditation, have your high self scan your body and, and you can see the stuff that's, that's going on. I've been doing it for implants. That's, oh, that's interesting. So you you can scan and actually see like an etheric implant or a physical implant even. Well, I just learned this from a, a friend and she told me how to do it. But um, yeah, you, you can just scan. You just trust into your high self. And it brought me right to the exact spots where there was stuff right. that had to be worked on. Right. You know, a little implant I had in my solar plexus. And then I could see uh, there was attachments to the reptilians with my first three chakras that I needed to work on. Right. That's huge. And congratulations. Good for you for getting to that point, because it takes a lot of dedication. Obviously, you're dedicated for going back to Suzanne for six years. You know, you're really trying to unpack this. And, that, you know, uh, good for you. Good for you, because yeah. it's something I'm working on. And I think the writing part for me, it was it's because my mind is so busy. Like sometimes I don't get like that just bounces off for me for so I have to take the extra step to really focus. And by grabbing a pen and writing, it gets me to that place. That's why I mm -hmm. said it probably looks different for everyone. No, that's a good method. What it's doing is it's just letting your high self channel right through your, mm -hmm. and there's no other interference. But I think with time, you won't need that. Right. You know? I, I, well, with time, we'll be talking, we'll be telepathic <laughs> and you know, everything else. Yeah. Uh, which is another message I've gotten. Uh, quite a few times over the past few years is like start practicing telepathy, like find somebody you're connected with and really start. And it, it's just going to be like, you know, we, we all experience like, oh, I was just thinking about you and the phone rang. We all have it. 
But if you can actually hone in on that and try and work with somebody, uh, it would probably become very beneficial and prove to be very beneficial in the coming years. You know who's really good with that? Children. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've got small children around you, they're the masters of all of this. These are the ones that are coming in with their memories, with their gifts, being aware of them, and they're here to help us out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you ever need a reality check, just have a conversation with a three-year-old <laughs> or five-year-old, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Well, it, it actually, it takes, you just forget about, like, it takes the seriousness out of everything. And you just realize, like, the importance of um, letting loose and, like, the importance of remembering to, to stop and enjoy things and have fun. Uh, and remember what it's like to be happy. You know, that's something we all need to remember because this, because of what's going on, we're all so serious. We're on a mission. We want disclosure. We, we want to see, you know, we want to see things change now. You know, we're all so focused on that. We forget to stop and we're just not living in the present. Right. Yeah. And yeah, what's, yeah. which is so huge. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Important. Live in the present and Check out, you don't have to constantly be posting every day online to wake people up and do this. You don't have to do it all the time. Go take a weekend off. And I'm, I'm, this is advice I need to take myself also. <laughs> like I need, a, I need a break right now too, but um, this conference, you know, we're in the middle of, there's a lot going on, but I have to stop more than ever now and really just like, just forget about all of it. Check out that timeline for a day and go to the park or do whatever it is I need to do spend time with some kids, you know, play with the dogs, whatever it is. But um, it's important to remember. Uh, so what do you guys, um, I know, I don't want you guys to give away too much about what you're going to be speaking about, but give us a sneak peek about what to expect from you guys at the conference. You start. Okay. We're going to, um, I'm just going to go through a brief uh, timeline of my story. And then um, we're mainly going to be focusing on my three sessions with Suzanne and things I did right, things I did wrong, and uh, just to give people help and how they can heal and get through these traumatic events. Um, you know, some things I did totally wrong. So we're going to go over those and show, uh, Suzanne can show you. If I did, would have done it right, what would happen? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of healing that you can get from your high self that I, I missed out on because I didn't listen to my recordings. So um, we're going to do that, and we're going to teach um, people how a lot of the uh, negative entities are on traumatic victims like Matt, and how to clear them and. You know, the usual, all your thoughts aren't your own. So uh, these were a lot of things that I I didn't learn till the last year. So I struggled with. Well, I think there's nothing more important than that, actually, right now. And I, I'm thank you. I really look forward to that because, you know, the, the crowd that's going to be showing up at this conference, like I, I'm just kind of assuming here but i would bet that they're all experiencers or they've been they've all participated in some type of program and that's what's drawing them there and based on some of the emails and comments we've got that seems to be the case and uh so you know that's going to help tremendously and uh would you like to add anything to that suzanne 
You know, I would just say on top of that, you know, there's, there's an empowerment aspect to this and the healing part of this and how it all unfolds and, you know, how not to power away to, you know, if you have that concept of entities or whatever, um, you know, to, to maintain your sovereign self, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the good news of the situation. And um, I think when we realize that we are really, truly more in control of our experiences than we've been taught, um, that empowerment is what buoys us up to move to the next level. And that's what we want to help and assist people to, you know, to, to know themselves better and to understand it and come out of fear so that they can see things clearly and understand them better. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's going to be great. It's going to be a good talk. Can't wait. I can't wait for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, just for the audience, where can people find you? Uh, Suzanne, you go ahead and start. Um, my website is SuzanneSpoonerQHHT.com. So um, that's probably where most people would locate me. I've got a few other websites, but that one will get you to all of them. And Mark, do you have anything you'd like to offer as far as where people can find you? Or are you just going to remain in cognito? I'm going to remain in cognito. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, just, that's probably a smart thing to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. This was a, an amazing conversation. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on. Uh, we were, it was amazing. I really appreciate everything you guys are doing for, you know, the whole movement. So thank you. And thank you all for all to our fans and our audience, everybody who's supporting us right now. Uh, we're looking forward to meeting all you guys who can make it to the conference. Uh, tickets are still available, secretspaceconference.info. And hopefully we see you there. Until then, have a great evening, everybody. And we will see you next time. He said, um, listen, give me two years. You'll never want to come back. Uh, the adventure of a lifetime, and nobody will know you're gone. You get deployed at 17 and a half. And now I was deployed from the New York Athletic Club. And we got actually deployed right out of the locker room from, uh, you know, you beamed up to the ship, and then the ship takes off, and you're gone for 20 years. That's a very hard pill to swallow, but that's exactly how I experienced it. I was taken at 10 years old. I was taken and I was worked through several black programs. I was privately owned in the beginning. I did six, six or seven years on earth. Uh, that's when all the stuff for the programs began for me. Uh, specifically, uh, the tracking that they had been doing since I was a kid, it followed me all the way through the military. And at that point, when I got to Diego Garcia, that's where I was taken off planet. It like opened that floodgate for me. And then all of these recalls started coming in and I was just like, oh my gosh. And the way I was describing it, she's like, I've never had this with a client, but it, that you're, you're describing a parallel life right now. It's a combination of human and other species. Um, I was able to remember the name on their uniform. It's USS Arcorp. That was putting me through some kind of recruitment um, tests from age three until 12, and 12 is when I was potentially, well, taken. He said, uh, and with your scores, I guarantee you'll make commander and you'll make pilot. And I said, pilot of what? And he said, uh, four kilometer long starship. 
he told me what was going to happen. He, he says, you volunteer for the program, we'll put you in, you'll do 20 years, we'll um, send you back in time 20 years, age regress you 20 years, wipe your memory, and you'll just wake up in bed like nothing happened. It's almost beyond words, it's beyond comprehension of how this could happen. Whoever's masterminding this, you know, the Air Force, you know, working with extraterrestrials, working with a lot of pretty wild technology, which I'll also get into. It's really beyond fathomable. It's beyond fathomable.